The Silent Majority and How Counterculture Wins. That's today's episode. Firstly, thank you for tuning in and listening. Now, if you're watching here on my Instagram TV or Facebook, you can always finish the episode, as I always say, through the podcast app of your choice. You know, Apple or Spotify, you know, wherever it is that you... uh, consume all kinds of podcasts and information, which by the way, podcasts on average make you smarter. So talk radio and podcasts where elaborate ideas are stretched and you are able to consume it, you're able to understand a full context of it. And so it raises your IQ. So uh, you can thank me later for making you smarter just by here listening to me. Um, I don't know if it'll get you dumber or smarter. I'm still working on that one. But uh, nonetheless, I appreciate you tuning in. No matter how you're tuning in, you're absolutely a blessing. And I noticed that you noticed this background behind me. That's because I just finished setting up my studio where I've got Jesus, who I love and adore. I've got George Washington. They're both bobbleheads, okay? And I've got a mug right there. It says, be honest, okay? I do love honesty. I I try not to lie. I'll I'll tell the truth even if it gets me in trouble type thing. So I've got Honest Abe right behind me. And then I've also got an atlas or a globe right above that. So since we do talk about worldly things and geopolitics and, you know, whatever's going on in the world, kind of a news thing that I've got going as well, that's why I thought including a globe would be kind of cool. Uh, Now, today's episode, I'm going to actually be reading from my iMac. I I got some keynotes here this time. got some, you know, ideas for you guys written out. So it's not going to be a waste, a complete uh, waste of your time. So you know how that goes. Uh, But here I go with this intro. Throughout having a podcast, I have had many discussions with a wide variety of people who are in agreement with the controversial things I share. But they can never be public about it, or they simply don't bother being vocal about their opinions. The truth is that woke culture is going along with the system and is frankly the easy decision to make when there isn't any backlash. The people who are actually awake watch people make statements on social media or at the dinner table that supports the mainstream narrative and merely observe most of the time because they want to avoid confrontation. That's the beautiful thing about being truly awake. You understand that after it's all said and done, principles always win the future, no matter how many mind-controlled people you try to teach along the way. As I've mentioned in the past, there's only a small percentage of people needed to make a dramatic change in the world. This episode is dedicated to those of you who know the truth, but don't speak up in your community or online. You are still important, and I want you to know that we encourage you to stand up in your own way so that the truth is widely known to those around you. To those of whom are listening now and are currently speaking out to your community in person among friends or through social media, I applaud your courage. Yes, I do mean courage, although it shouldn't be courageous to stand up and speak out about the truth in today's world, it sadly is. 
So I've hit on a couple key points there, uh, helping you realize that, you know, we uh, are in the a smaller percentage. It, it only takes a small percentage of people to make a difference. But I'm here to argue, actually, there is truly a silent majority that is kind of fed up with the culture today. And we're going to get to that. So here's my first key point. There are many people who I have personal relationships with that understand the truth but never quite share it openly on their social media for fear of backlash. Think about that. So I know that you know who I'm talking about because some of you are watching now. Those are people that I have conversations with. Some people who chime in, listen, like, love, whatever, I've reached out to you know, and I've created dialogue with. And I know that there are quite a few people who do listen, but they'll never really speak out or hell, even sharing my podcast, for example, which again, that doesn't matter, but they don't even share their own thoughts on social media. Maybe even they're not even maybe on social media very much, which I can respect that. You know, you're not, you're not even sharing anything anyways, but I can tell you that there is a lot of people who do understand what's really going on in the world they like the uh they like to know the truth you know they're interested in curious souls for the most part but they're just not vocal you know and i'm not even asking those people to be very vocal i just want to encourage those of you who are maybe vocal right now that your voice matters you know when you're speaking truth logic and common sense it makes a difference because there are people who are watching you as well as watching me and they believe in you, they love you, and they maybe they privately message you because I get a lot of private messages. Um, but overall, they agree and they need more people to stand up, which is so you know crazy that it's really getting to that point where you have to actually have courage to even speak your mind. It's unbelievable. Here's my second key point. There is a counterculture that is occurring right now that is pushing people towards being more American, conservative, common sense, logical, and principled. Very important. Similar to the 1960s revolution against conservative norms, we now have a revolution back to principled ways that build civilization. That's a really loaded statement. But we're being pushed to realize that the philosophies that are pro-human, that make the most sense, they are responsible for bringing us civilization and allowing us to realize our freedoms and our abilities to be free, you know? Um, there's a lot going into that. I remember, um, you know, like, and this is not even in my notes, but I just wrote down, or I remember thinking about money and people's relationship with money a lot of people in this money course i took were actually considered money monks this is just one example just thoughts around money money monks were people who just were like absent from money you know what i mean they just never thought about it it doesn't motivate them they could rather they could care um less about money they, they're not really gonna try to make a lot of money none of it you know they're money monks they're just kind of trying to just get by they just barely pay the bills kind of people and, you know, it's funny because now counter to that, because that was part of the counterculture of the 60s was kind of like getting away from all the systems, bro. 
Um, and so now people are kind of more money driven and more sales capitalist driven nowadays. That's actually becoming more popular. I listen to people uh, of the likes of Grant Cardone, who is very abrupt in nature, but brings about very key and fundamental points just on sales alone. And, and he brings back sales. He's like, why is sales a bad thing? You know, whoever said selling is a, is a bad thing. So it's just little things like that. And that's just revolving around money. But I have a couple examples of, of culture versus counterculture, okay? Your sexual preference, right? So back in the 60s, it was like, and, and before that, of course, I'm just referring to the 60s, but, you know, coming out as a homosexual was, you know, pretty brave and, and whoa and, you know, very wondrous. And this is not to say one thing or another about homosexuality. It's just that it was kind of more like real, you know, rare, you know what I mean? Uh, very bohemian sometimes. And so sexual preferences, well, today, um, you know, if you're homosexual, it's like, hey, welcome to uh, welcome to the public, I guess. Like there's there's, you know, gay bars, there's there's a gay nightclub, there's there's all kinds of there's there's culture around being gay now. Does that make sense? And I'm not saying that that's not a bad thing or a good. Thing. I'm not saying either way. I'm just mentioning how Yes, there's some fear in coming out gay or whatever have you, of course, still not taking that away from them. But for the most part, it's kind of normal, right? So we're kind of normal. But we're seeing a movement of people being like, hey, I don't really want to fall into homosexual stuff. I want to like actually, you know, have a partner that's homo, you know, um, what's the word? Not homogeneous, but, you know, you're being, you're going back to traditional norms when it comes to your sexual preferences, right? That's a counter revolution, you know? I know plenty of people um, actually who've, you know, fooled around with homosexuality, for example, and now they're, you know, now they're straight, you know? So, anywho, the other point I wanted to make was porn. You know, back in the day, like getting your Playboy mag, you know, that shit was, hey, you know, keep that under the bed and keep that under wraps, you know. Nowadays, porn is just everywhere. I mean, it's on Twitter. You can openly see porn stars and nudity everywhere using the internet. You, you watch porn all the time. I'm just going to do a, probably a whole podcast on porn because it's actually plaguing society, in my personal opinion. I think that it's okay to watch in modesty, um, but I get, you know, that's your choice. But at the end of the day, there's some real problems that come with porn. Um, but my thing is it's pretty fucking normal to watch porn now. Think about that. So with that being normalized, it's kind of changing the game in, in that reference today, right? Uh, and so counterculture to that is be, is saying, hey man, I don't know if I want to watch porn, you know? I don't know if I want to be in porn or, or, or be involved in porn or maybe I want to have sex with a real person, like, you know, and just focus on the real thing, not necessarily watching porn. That's counterculture, right? Uh, polygamous relationships were a thing, you know, um, were rare, very rare. How do you have, how do you date multiple people? You know, this is otherwise referred to as Hoenn, right? Well, now Hoenn is like a culture, you know, you got an OnlyFans page and it's super lit and it's in culture, right? It's actually counterculture to say, hey, I, I just want, you know, one partner and that's it because I just want to be in love and share my life with one person. That's fucking like, you know, like counterculture. Isn't that insane nowadays? What's uh, uh, else's counterculture is going to church. I mean, shit, just going to church. Um, you know, just you, that less and less people go to church on average, statistically speaking. You know, especially when they get young, uh, older, a little bit in their youthful years, yada, yada. There's all those stats. But going to church is like totally counterculture now. Isn't that insane? So another example, having moral principles 
you know, basically being like, yeah, no, if I'm in a relationship or if I'm doing this, I, I expect to be, you know, honest with my relationship. Um, or, you know, just overall having friendships and having principles uh, about friendships, which we've talked about in this podcast and, and just being like, Hey, you know what? You're not a good friend and I'm letting you go. You know, like, it's like, Whoa, that's counterculture. Now you're supposed to just love everybody. You're supposed to just connect and vibe with everyone's vibe. You're not supposed to be individual, you know? And so there's a lot in terms of moral principles, you know, again, a whole nother podcast, right? Uh, but the, just being having principles and, and living your life through principles. That's counterculture all of a sudden. Getting married is like, what? You know, our divorce rate is, I mean, above 50%. I mean, it all varies depending on how the relationship was and how long you've been married. But I mean, getting married is counterculture. You know, nowadays people are like, hey, yeah, just date and have fun and fuck around. You know, no marriage necessary. And so a lot of people think getting married is definitely woo-woo now. Um, being a stay at home mom. So now you're married and you got kids and hell, even having a family is counter culture, having a family or wanting a family, hell, just wanting a family. I've had conversations with people. I'm like, yeah, no, I want to be a great grandpa. You know, people are always like, whoa, you want kids and you think about that stuff. And it's kind of like, yeah, you know, that's very important to me. So it's just an example as to like the people I run into on average, especially I'm speaking probably mostly to millennials right now, but most of us are just, you know, we're, we're more entitled to, you know, not get married, kind of date around. And we definitely don't think about kids. We're more like abort that bitch, you know? And so I'm just kind of like, Hey, all right, well, maybe we should rethink that stuff. Right. And the last thing I'll say about counterculture, how do we, how do we quantify counterculture? The way we quantify counter culture is through comedy. Comedy exists as a counterculture. Why is that? Because when, when you laugh at something, mostly you're laughing at something because you know it's inappropriate. You know what I mean? Or you know consciously or unconsciously that it's counter culture. You're like, oh, you're not supposed to say that. Or, oh, that's a conversation you're never supposed to bring up. Makes comedy so funny is when conversations are happening or stories are being told of of private interactions that the comedians had with the public or with people or with their family. Those are always the funniest because it's very counterculture and you're not supposed to say certain things and you know and people laugh the most when you say something you're not supposed to say, right? And that's the insanity of where we're at. The third key point on this is being going to be read right now, right? Uh, it's interesting how the loudest people on social media are the ones that are historically, politically, and logically incorrect. The only reason they feel brave enough to speak boldly on topics that are completely fabricated, falsified, and systematically injected into their mindset is because they don't face backlash from the community. That's because the feedback they get is from an ecosystem of thought that mainly agrees with what they think. And those of us who know that they are dead wrong don't say anything for fear of losing a friend or starting controversy. But why is there only one opinion allowed and why does it lead to controversy in the first place? The downfall of this for the deceivers and their victims, because that's what people are, they're victims, 
is that there is a silent majority out there that exists without them knowing it. So you ever seen that iceberg picture where you're like the top of the iceberg is only the visible part and then there's the large massive like two thirds of the iceberg is underneath the water that you cannot see? That essentially is what the silent majority looks like in a visual, right? It's this massive amount of people that exist but don't speak up or say anything and even when they watch some lemming say something stupid and completely fabricated, you just scroll past it on Instagram. You just switch on over to on your story. You just scroll down through Facebook or you sit there at the dinner table and you just let it be said and you just move on in life, right? Well, that's why they're able to speak so boldly. That's why they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is totally like I'm speaking up for this or that, you know? Um, and then everyone's just supporting them and like, oh my God, you're so brave for like speaking out on the lies and deception. And it's like, they're, they are the lie. They are the deception. Like they are living the deception and it's the Truman show, like relived, you know? And so that's where I think is very, very interesting how, you know, there are so many people on social media, they'll share little images and they'll be super passionate about lies. I mean, just committed lies. And by watching a podcast like this, you might wake up a bit, you might actually have some some real clarity on what's going on in the world and, and why things are making sense. And I just cut through it all like butter, you know, because I wanna get straight to that point and I wanna help you understand the reality of where we're at, right? So that's my third point here is, you know, there's just, you know, there's it's loud and proud on social media and, and, and everywhere else because, and they think it's super woke because they don't get any, they don't really, they don't get any backlash, you know? They just get everybody kind of supporting or whatever have you. So the fourth point I wanna make about, pretty much about that same thing, which is that mainstream media, entertainers, and globalist-run foundations are parallel constructing a reality that is built on lies, deception, and a philosophy that is anti-human while posing as the good guys. So it's very complex. But the parallel constructing is, you're parallel constructing a reality. So there's the reality and then there's parallel construction, which is a philosophy uh, dedicated to perceiving like a mirrored image of reality. Like you're looking at reality, you're seeing reality, but then it's through a lens that is being developed through these foundations and through the media narrative. And again, media narrative is a trickle down, if you will. Like the media says something, nobody cares about media. The gen genuine, millennials, they don't watch media or they don't read media. They, they don't read at all. They don't read anything. But the point is, is there's a trickle down of, oh, you research something and the media is there for you. The media and, and the research articles and, and even in, on PhD level philosophy, I'm telling you right now, there's philosophers that are dedicated to anti-human philosophy, right? And the way they, I just say anti-human as a broad way of saying it, but they, they write entire pages dedicated to their work. And so on the internet, when you're like looking up stuff that's, that's deception, you're gonna be fully deceived because the media prints articles on the internet and has videos on YouTube and then other YouTube influencers recycle this, right? One major example of this is climate change. Climate change, man-made climate change, is the, mo is the largest hoax ever put onto mankind. COVID is close, but COVID is a real thing. 
climate change, man-made climate change is, is completely made up. And so it's a great, but again, you've got YouTube influencers and you've got everyone's on board with it. So everywhere you look, you see a reality that's being parallel constructed of lies. So it's a big fat lie, but because it's parallel constructed with reality, it looks the same. I mean, it literally looks the same. That's the beauty of the matrix. That it, what, that's the grid. You know, you're looking at the grid. You're watching the system. You're seeing the programming. That's what we do on the podcast is I'm helping you understand it. Like this is what the enemy is up to. This is how they communicate. This is what they're saying. This is why people buy into it. Okay. And then I tell you, this is the reality of that. Okay. So yeah, definitely climate change podcast coming. That's for sure. Uh, now in the end, however, the silent majority wins. It may take a war to do it which we are already engaged in. Right now it's just political warfare and informational warfare that we're in right now. But truth, logic, and common sense will prevail because it is natural to our ways of life. And so that's what I wanna really drive home to you guys today, is that victory is in our grasp. And it, it does take courage to go through this process and learn the truth and then share the truth with others. You know, and that's what we're dedicated to doing here on this podcast. So really appreciate you listening and tuning in. I'd love it if you gave a rating review. If you're listening this far, you're watching this far on Instagram or any of it, please comment. I mean, please leave a comment. I mean, literally, sometimes I don't even know who the hell is watching uh, or listening rather. You know, I get hundreds of listens and things like that. Sometimes I'm wondering, what the heck is everybody? So Reach out to me, uh, even even if you want a phone call. Let's schedule a phone call. Let's have a conversation. You have a question about certain things. You have a topic I should bring up. I'd love to get into it. So you know, feel free to reach out to me. But other than that, you know, you guys have a you know a great rest of your day, and I really appreciate you watching. Peace. You've probably heard me say a lot about a company called Longevity as a way of advertising on my podcasts and YouTube. Well, let me just first say that this video is gonna be dedicated to explaining just a little bit about why Longevity. You know, what is it and how does it work and how can you be a customer and how can you get the benefits as well. Firstly, I wanna say for those of you who are already customers and have already supported me on this journey, you are the true heroes, you're amazing. And for those of you who just haven't yet or don't know exactly if there's a way to support me or if there's a way to buy amazing supplements and health and wellness products, well, this video is definitely for you. Now, first and foremost, as a, my own past, I was raised in a home with a chiropractic doctor as a father. Now with that, we always seeked out like natural alternative methods to healing than the traditional medical system. You know, naturopathic, homeopathic remedies for all kinds of health ailments. So growing up, I was already instilled in that world and I was already getting used to the idea of not necessarily seeking medical attention from the traditional MDs, right? Now, when I was presented with Longevity, it was mainly as a business venture. And when I found out and discovered the 90 essential nutrients from the tape, Dead Doctors Don't Lie, I was absolutely blown away. I don't know if you know this, but over 90% of diseases in this country of America are actually nutritionally deficient diseases. We've known this for a very long time, actually. It wasn't just Dr. Joel Wallach who discovered this, but his experience and his ferociousness to make it to the public has been absolutely uh, astounding, at, at least, right? And so 
when I made that discovery for myself, I decided I've got to be on the 90 essential nutrients. And I've been on the 90 essential nutrients for over six years. Now, what's really great about Longevity is they don't really just offer the 90 essential nutrients. They offer thousands of products dealing with wellness and even some services. So there's so much in Longevity, and all the products that are offered through Longevity are much higher quality than anywhere in the store. And the reason why are two, two factors that make the difference in Longevity products. Number one is the distribution of the product. The way in which Longevity distributes is direct to consumer. Now in traditional at a, a distribution, you are seeing manufacturers make a product, whether it's jelly or canned soup or a tomato or a toy or anything, and they take it there and then they bring it to national wholesalers, regional wholesalers, and then to the retailer where you as a consumer walk in and purchase the products. This is also true for Amazon. You're gonna buy a basketball on Amazon or you're gonna go buy a toy or whatever, you're still paying the same, roughly the same price that you would pay at a Walmart or a Target. And so that is very, very key and fundamental to longevity success. They go direct to consumer, as I mentioned, which means they save a lot of money in the distribution process. Where is that money or capital invested instead? The quality of the products. That's why the quality is much higher. Now, that's just one reason. The second reason is the marketing. The marketing is not traditional. Traditional marketing looks a lot like newspaper ads, radio ads, TV commercials, and now YouTube ads, Instagram ads, and Facebook ads. When you advertise like that, you lose a lot of money because there's no guarantee of a sale being made from that advertisement. Well, Longevity does not do any kind of traditional advertising. They use a commission structure to pay people like me, representatives, technically we call distributors, to go out there and market the products and sell them ourselves. Now, the commission is made out to me directly on every purchase of each product. So there's no upfront costs for the company and it's a 360 degree win. That's why, and the second reason, why Longevity is able to invest more money in the quality of the ingredients in their products. Here's why you won't see these in stores. These products behind me are so valuable that if that coffee was next to the coffee like, you know, different ones at Starbucks coffee and stuff like that at the store, it would be tremendously higher in price. So high that it wouldn't even compete fairly in the market. And why is that? Because the quality of the ingredients in that product would be much more costly to make and therefore distribute and therefore market. So the beauty of Longevity is you as a customer can actually sign up through my website very easily, create a profile, or you can just buy retail, that's fine too. But when you create a profile, it's kind of like an Amazon Prime. You get a membership and you get access to wholesale pricing of all of the products. So you don't have to buy them at retail price. Well, when you do this, it obviously funds and helps me and my podcast and my operation, but it helps you because you're taking products that you're probably already purchasing, like maybe coffee or an energy product or toothpaste or some kind of skincare routine or lotion or deodorant or makeup or any of it that you find on Longevity, you can, you, you can, or anything you'd find at the store, you can now find in Longevity. 
That's the beautiful part of longevity and why I use it to promote because it's taking the money you're already spending on stuff that you're already getting and instead transferring it and saying, hey, I don't want to, you know, be fueling these, you know, some in some cases, these corporations that don't even care about me and these companies that have less, think about that, less quality and inferior products when you now know you can, you know, the truth, you can't unlearn this. You now know that there are much higher quality products that you can buy for the same price. Some cases a little bit more, some cases a little bit less. That's the beauty about longevity, and that's why I use it to promote and to fund myself and to therefore invest in your health and help you break the health matrix.